Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 269. In this episode, we have tips for using lists, deal pipeline properties, shared task queues, and staying calm. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, really good. And look, it's a race to the end of the year, isn't it? It's just, what, three weeks? That's right. It's not long. And it is just go, go, go. So, folks, in uh, I don't know if this is the same for the rest of the world, actually. I, I know it is in Australia. It's a massive race because we all have a holiday in the new year, uh, just straight after Christmas. Uh, Australia kind of, it's almost like the whole country just goes, okay, having a break. And that's a time to recharge and refresh. And that's good, of course, but it just means there's a lot of pressure leading up into the end of the year. And we've got some thoughts about that, don't we, Ian? That's right. So let's start with our growth thought of the week, Craig. Planning for 2022 and prioritizing systems over goals. I think this is a really useful takeaway from Atomic Habits, which is a very well-known book by James Clear. And he famously states, it's a wonderful quote, he says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems I've taken that to heart recently, and the reason I'm mentioning it in the show today is because we are in that race to Christmas, and it's just go, 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 and it's very reactive, and I've got to get stuff done. And then we finally relax after Christmas and have a break, and then we plan our goals for the year. This is the thing about New Year's resolutions. People set goals, but they often don't set the systems or processes to actually make those goals happen. I guess this is a gentle reminder that as you're preparing for the end of the year and ready, getting ready to take a break, go into the break thinking about what are the systems you're going to put in place next year to achieve your goal. Goals are good. They set the direction, but systems are what actually enables the results. So just a little bit of a thought to be taking to heart, and I guess I'm preaching to myself here as we head towards the end of the year. And we've got a... Thank you to one of our listeners, Chad, from Canada, and he had mentioned us in uh, his top 12 sales and marketing podcast that he listens to, and he's got a blog post, which there's a link in the show notes. So, thank you, Chad, for A, listing and B, including us in that list of podcasts. We thank very you, much Chad. appreciate yeah, it. That's great. All right, on to our quick shots of the week, and here are a few quick things of interest to you. And who would have thought, Craig, we have increased card limits again on dashboards. I think we had 10 before and went to 20. Now it's gone from 20 to 30. Wow. Another thing is you can now place one report on multiple dashboards. Oh, that's a biggie. That's really good. That's huge. And uh, listeners, we often call them widgets because they feel like a widget on a dashboard, but they're referred to as reports that can be embedded on dashboards. Can I just check this? So what did you used to do before? You'd have to create another report, Craig, to put really? on a different dashboard. Yes. Wow. Okay. The next one is advanced publishing, and now you can schedule updates to pages that are already published, and that's a pretty big one, but yeah, that's uh, really a well-welcomed one. And then the last one is due to LinkedIn's data retention policy, HubSpot cannot store or display any page or post data, so that's impressions, clicks, interactions from LinkedIn after a year of the page connection within the HubSpot portal. Wow. 
So what HubSpot has to purge it, even though they might have collected it a year ago, they have to purge it. Correct. Oh That's wow! What so what's like if you put it into a spreadsheet? What, you're, <laughs> you're, you're kind of breaking LinkedIn's data retention policy. Wow. Yeah. So and, and what's crazy about like I haven't looked at this, so maybe it's all explained. I I hadn't actually seen that notice, but isn't that my data? LinkedIn saying I can't store my data. That's my data. Correct. And maybe it's to do with going into a platform, right? And it's sitting there. So that's probably right. it. So, okay. I mean, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's well worth a look into. Mm, okay. But then again, I guess it's not my data, is it? It's LinkedIn's data. I'm the product. <laughs> that's right. And you've got in here an interesting community thread to do with Google Calendar permissions when integrating with HubSpot. Yeah, this one's really interesting. And had tip to David who pinged me on LinkedIn about this. Uh, it's a thread that's been going a couple of years and just talks about, well, you connect Google Calendar and it lasts, basically asks for all your permissions. Interesting thread. You can see HubSpot responding, saying some of the reasons why, and then people responding to that, saying, well, no, that's no good because company policy won't allow it. And there's all kinds of things backwards and forwards. It's been going on for a couple of years, still unresolved, yet if you look at the thread, it says solved. Someone's marked it as solved. I don't think it is. Anyway, interesting thread. Feel free to upvote it if that's something that applies to your business. All right, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, an active list of lists. And listeners, we've spoken about active and static lists before, but this is another way within active list using other lists in the functionality. Yeah, that's right. And what I find interesting is that when you go into that set of filters that you can create an active list by. So just to, to back up a, a step, so HubSpot has lists. You can have static lists, which you import into. So they're static. They're called static because, well, you just set them. Or they've got active lists, which update based on criteria. So almost in real time, if the criteria of a contact filter changes, then the, the actual active list changes. Very powerful. Been in there right from the start. So uh, not a new feature, but they have been gradually adding more filter types. And there's an enormous list. We've got some screenshots in the show notes, this is just from our portal showing you how many there are. What's interesting, though, I think, is that lists used to be high up on this set of filters you could choose, but it's right down the bottom now. So you might have missed this. And we've been chatting with clients lately where they're creating quite complex criteria in their active lists and then running into walls when they can like, oh, I want to do this or this, but I can't, I can't create an expression. It's like, right. The way around this, and I think this is good practice, which we set up with most new portals, is we have a standard set of lists. They're like base lists, and you might set them, and then we build lists on those base lists. So, for example, we have a base exclusion list with all the different exclusion criteria. You might want to exclude people that are in your company, have your company domain. Maybe you've got a static list of people, uh, competitors that you always want to exclude. So, you create this exclusion list. And then you might use that base exclusion list, which has all those criteria, in some of your other lists. So you might say, oh, I'll create a list that you're going to send, put into a workflow, some criteria, and the exclusion list. So you can see, you don't want to go into every, every time you create an active list, oh, got to put in all those exclusion criteria again. No, you just include the list that you're going to exclude. So you basically say, so very powerful. We've got some examples in the show notes which will make it clearer and even an example from um, one of our actual portals where you can see all these lists are including and excluding member of this, but not this, all of this to create on the fly. And they're built from base lists. So just remember that you can build lists of lists of lists of lists of lists. It goes on very powerful and it gets around that 
issue where you can't use, you know, ors and ands in expressions. All right. And on to our HubSpot sales pitch of the week is making fields mandatory on pipeline stages. And people might not realize you need to have HubSpot sales professional enterprise, but when stages change on pipelines, you can actually get properties filled in or force people to fill in properties at that stage. So, an often one that you might see is you might put a, fill out a closed one reason and a closed date, and same for lost and a lost date. But I've got install. I've I've put another one in there from one of our customers, and they have a stage called deal stalled, right? And so they have to actually give the stalled reason, and they have a property called stalled reason, which I think is great. Actually, they understand why it's stalled if they're looking at a sales report. So. Well worth doing this when you want data to be filled in when things are moving across pipeline stages. All right. And, you know, another topic that comes up, uh, we've had this with clients, is they say when to use different sales pipelines. So you can have multiple sales pipelines in your portal and you might be thinking, right, oh, well, we've got these different products that we sell. We'll have different pipelines for each. And I just want to, I guess... Ask this question before we go on, because people say, oh, should we have multiple pipelines? The question I always ask is, tell me about your reporting requirements. Because although it's useful and perhaps more flexible to have multiple sales pipelines, reporting across sales pipelines is difficult. In fact, you can't do it in most of the cases. So you're trying to create a custom report, show me all my deals or the deal value across all my sales pipelines, you can't do it. So, if that is a key part of your reporting requirements, you will probably find you end up having very few pipelines. You might have one main one for, say, B2B activities. You might have a second one for e-commerce or something like that. But if you've got separate departments or teams and they're all reporting independently, then it makes it much more flexible to have multiple pipelines. So, just a quick tip there on whether you should or shouldn't have multiple pipelines. That's probably oversimplifying it, feel free to reach out to us and just have a chat. We'll jump on a call and we can go through multiple scenarios with you, your key considerations, but just something to be looking at. And I guess what I would say, Craig, is often when people ask us that question, I often define it as, does it follow a separate process that has different stages? That's one of the key defining moments of, do we need a separate pipeline? But you're absolutely right. Like reporting does happen to, I think people don't think about it and they end up at the end and they go, oh, I need I need these reports and now I've got all these pipelines happening and then they have to go through a pipeline consolidation. So, well worth thinking about what the end outcome is when you're Yeah, and I might just add pipelines. to this that kind of comes from our personal experience in our own portal. We used to have multiple pipelines because I've got a couple of brands, a couple of companies that were run. We used to have multiple pipelines. I've actually got one now and it took a bit of well, what will I call uh, a little bit of compromise on the pipeline stages, but I've actually got it to a point now. I've got the the most stages and well, some of the brands might not actually use some all of the stages, but I've done it purely for reporting because that was really important to me. It might not be to some companies, but yeah, just something we've learned the hard way, I guess. All right. On to our service feature of the week, how to use tagging in knowledge base articles. You know, this came up from a client, actually. They were talking about how can we use search. They just wanted to essentially mark a few of their articles as being top tips, and then how would that appear in search? And so it's really around tagging. 
There's three ways to mark up uh, articles. Well, there's two really. There's categories, but they can also have subcategories. So there's categories and then there's tags. And categories are ideal for providing that navigation. So the left-hand sidebar in your knowledge base, that's all about categories and subcategories. But tags, where they're powerful, is that that's how they influence search results. So again, we've got some screenshots in the show notes talking about that, which will explain it. The one gotcha though, or just the little thing that might catch you out, is that you might tag or change some things on an article, and then you go to test it. Oh, where is it? It might not actually appear right away. So it can actually take a couple of minutes sometimes. I don't know if that's their caching or something to go through, updating, but you might go and put a tag on, then jump into the knowledge base search and it just doesn't show up. You think, oh, this tagging doesn't work. Actually, it's probably just a bit of a delay. Come back a couple of minutes later and probably find it's working. All right. Onto our HubSpot task queues. Gotcha of the week, Craig. And this came up with working with a client of ours and then I was thinking about scenarios of how to solve it. And so Craig and myself went in and ran a test of if you had multiple people working on the same task, shared task queue. Now, this would be a sales professional, I think even a sales professional feature where you can have shared task queues. And we discovered that if we both started the ta- on the same task queue at the, at the same time, we could have where the same person is working on the task. Now, obviously, if... I go ahead, which I did. I went ahead, I completed the task, went on to the next, completed that. And then what we found was when Craig got to the next one, because it looks like it loads the tasks in the queue at a point in time. When Craig went to the next task, he then can see that it has been completed and then he can move on to the next. So there is an opportunity there where you might actually have a moment in time where you are both working on the same task and that could cause a problem. So... A solution would be is to have a quick catch up before you start your session. And this is mainly because our customers work on different shifts and different people on different shifts. And this is where this has come up. So maybe a really quick catch up, assign tasks to individual people from the shared task queue and then work through it would be a better way to do it moving forward. I think what's important about that example that you mentioned is that those, yeah, we were both working on the task queue because they weren't assigned to anyone. Correct. The task hadn't been assigned. And as you said, assigning the task to an individual will, will get around that problem because you'd only work on the task assigned to you. But there are situations where tasks haven't been assigned. There's a queue and maybe you've got a call center or you've got a, some, and so they're not actually assigned yet. You've just got a whole bunch. Oh, who turns up for the shift? Right. Start on the task queue. But as you said, that's the issue. So Assigning tasks is the solution. Coming up with a smart way to do that, that can be tricky. All right, on to Inside of the Week, Craig. Now, I, I really wanted to, to hear this story. You were talking about keeping calm under pressure, and I, I'm just going to let you chat through a really interesting early part of your life and how it shaped you for how you stay calm under pressure. And I guess I just wanted to jump in before you, you started it to say, so listeners, you might not be aware of, well, Ian's temperament. But I can tell you after uh, over the last six, how long have we known each other now? Six or seven years? Yeah, about seven. Seven or Seven years. Yeah. I have never seen you lose your temper. I've never seen you fly off the handle. I've never seen you react in any type of anger or, or stress. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen you stressed. 
The only time I've known you're stressed is you've said, I'm actually quite stressed at the moment. Yeah. But you never show it. And I think it's quite remarkable because I, well, listeners may not know this either, but I, I sometimes just fly off the handle at the littlest <laughs> things. That's enough of an intro for listeners, yeah. So, how I started this, Craig, was, as you know, I'm a Formula One fan and I've been, this Formula One season and people who haven't gotten into Formula One, I'd actually recommend you watch Drive to Survive on Netflix, right? But I've, since I've been a kid, I've been a Formula One fan and- What's been really interesting is as I've been watching this season and I've been so thankful, I've got a, my son, my youngest son is into Formula One. And so we sit up and watch the races. But what stood out to me today, because they raced in a new circuit, was we've got two competitors, right, who are going to win the championship. They're actually neck and neck at this point. One is ahead purely on wins, but looking at, and they're from two different generations. So we've got a younger driver and we've got someone who's won seven, yeah, seven world championships. What I saw was how they react to different things. And so if people are wondering who, who am I talking about, I'm talking about Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. And the emotions that stem from the team and just from the drivers. And it was really apparent to me how passionate drivers are and how we call the team principals or the bosses of the teams are, how they are, because more and more over the last few years, we've seen more of them on TV and during the races, how much it takes for people and teams to get a driver there just on a weekend, like the hundreds of people, not only on the circuit, but at home where they develop parts and develop the machines, the countless hours we don't see behind the scenes when when things are not working. And this is very apparent to me because I often hear when I see when in interviews, I see Lewis Hamilton where he says, I'm trying to understand why it's not working. Why are we slow? He goes and talks to engineers. He looks at data. He looks at the telemetry that's coming back. And you see him sitting there working things out. So the amount of work that goes even off the track for someone that's driving a car is immense. Just the clear headspace, the things he needs to do. It requires strategy and teamwork. You just see there are strategists on the team. And it's it's really teamwork when I think strategy driver, what they're doing and how they're working together because it takes input from the driver, it takes strategy from the strategist on the race day and the two together make it work and get the result that they're after. And the other thing I've noticed is the words that come out of their mouths and this is from the drivers and also from the team principals and the power it has to change the course of things but even to empower people because this year we've seen certain people say things about stewards and marshals and we've even heard them say things about other drivers and what got me thinking bringing it all back was today in the race at uh, at this new circuit in Jeddah we saw somebody who was on the podium get their trophy and didn't even stand there and take the photo they basically took it and they walked off and everyone was saying that was a little bit rude like you are at this level and you are You've got to be respectful of it and and play your part in that. And that's what got me thinking about this whole story, about how do you manage your emotions and how do you come to that? And so I wanted to say that as you come to the come to the end of this year, things will get crazy. It'll it'll get heated. You might actually lose it. But I want to encourage you to stop and think and listen and think about how do you deal with things. 
is is it going your way? Is it not going your way? What do you need to do? Who do you need to ask help from? And one last story. As a young boy, I think I was, I was under 10, and I used to get scared and distressed, and I'd often cry. And I remember my sister making fun of me, and, you know, it was terrible. I was the elder, I was the elder boy, right? But my dream was to be a pilot. And I recall my dad one day telling me, he goes, if you behave like this and you lose it, you'll never become a pilot. And I actually stopped that day and I decided in that moment, I'm not going to let things shake me and I'm not going to get scared by stuff because I wanted to fly. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a, I wanted to fly fighter jets. And when I couldn't do that, I wanted to fly commercial airlines, but that's my dream. And it's still my dream to get my pass license, but I thought I can't behave like this. So I just want to encourage you today. It's never too late to make a change. And you can stay calm under pressure because I know that I've gone from one end to the other and it's a choice that we make. So I just want to encourage everybody, you can stay calm and to enjoy it and to think about ways you can resolve it. Yeah, that's excellent. You know what? I think one of my New Year's resolutions is how can I be more like Ian? (laughs) Stay calmer. But it's not about the goal, Ian. I've got to find a a process and a system to do it as well. That's right. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was excellent. All right. Sunset of the week, Craig. Okay. Email preference groups. You know, a few episodes ago, we were talking about how email preference groups are finally awesome. Well, it turns out I got this slightly wrong because the functionality in my portal that I was talking about is actually on the old style, which they've actually sunsetted. And instead, the preference groups are now part of business units. So, I just wanted to put that correction there. And thanks to Elliot for alerting me to this. Got a screenshot there from... Business units, they're quite a powerful feature that's been rolling out in HubSpot. That's right. And something well worth looking at if you have multiple businesses. All right, on to our quote of the week, Craig. This is from Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick, for those who don't know, he completed his 46th season as the NFL coach in 2020 and is in his 22nd season uh, head coaching the New England Patriots. And a lot of people... That listens to the show would probably know who he is, but for our Australian listeners and everywhere else around the world. And he said, talent sets the floor, but character sets the ceiling. I like that. So, you know, kind of we've started the show talking about systems over goals, and then we've looked at staying calm under pressure, making a decision, and finished with character, because that's what people remember, staying calm under pressure. So work on it, set a system and processes to do it. People remember your character. That's right. And listeners, finally, we have one bit of training from the HubSpot Academy, and it's called Building Custom Reports in HubSpot. And we encourage you to do this. It does take time. And we've said it's one of those things where it can be frustrating at the start, but in the end, you will get a massive benefit from able to build custom reports in HubSpot, get the data you need, and then take insight and take action out of that data. So, well worth doing that over this period. And Craig, finally? Well, always follow us on the socials. Yeah, and sign up for the HubSpot Coaching. Put your name on the list if you want to join up for HubSpot Coaching in 2022 with Craig and myself. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.